Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. A very good morning to you, the beloved listener of Beyond Governance here at FM. Yours truly is Nimrod Mbele. I'm truly honored to share this space and time with you as we kickstart the year. Meanwhile, I hope you've had a fantastic, restful uh, period uh, and you are ready to conquer 2024 as you should. Before we start our show, let me thank Howard and his team for preparing the ground for Beyond Governance. And I'm sure he kept you um, activated and informed by a number of issues that uh, they, they would sort of discuss. And uh, it's an honor to once again pass my one's gratitude to, to the producer of the show. On that note, I want to thank uh, Craig, I want to thank Harry, and I also want to thank Vusi for helping to navigate the ship as they always do. Moving along, I want to employ you, the listener of this beautiful show, to make your inputs via our socials, as you always do. Our SMS line is 34519. The telegram is 0618951095. And of course, my X handle, I'm getting the gist of this, not Twitter, an X handle, uh, which is a Dr. Mbele. Uh, in today's conversation, we're putting a spotlight on uh, the notion of resilient leadership which is not just a nice skill to have, but in a, in a necessary imperative uh, skill to have. Uh, whether you're running a small business, whether you're running a big corporation, um, uh, one needs to embrace and understand exactly what really resilient means because we all, everyone wants to be up, uh, everyone wants to navigate and, and you know, have a sense of how to position oneself in the context of turbulence. You know, economies are are constantly being interrupted by either technology or body politics. And what does it mean for you and I, who are obviously active participants in that particular space? Um, the whole point, I suppose, of building and sustaining resilience is to ensure that everybody or you stay ahead uh, of the curve, you know, by way of anticipating what is forthcoming. Uh, in terms of the challenges, whether it's from HR point of view, technology point of view, restructuring, all manner of things comes to play. So for you to navigate that particular space, it is important that you stay, you stay ahead of the curve. So in making sense of this very nebulous and yet practical and critical element um, that you and I need to build on in 2024, uh, whether in our private spaces, in our academic spaces, in our leadership spaces, more broadly. I'm joined by the one and only Belisa Lekane, who is no longer a stranger to the show. And uh, I'm delighted once again to have him around as we kickstart the year for he's, he's a remarkable author, remarkable entrepreneur, remarkable uh, public speaking individuals who has really empowered a significant number of individuals um, I mean, if you, in fact, don't take my word for it. You know, <laughs> just just Google Billy Selekane and look at his achievement. But before we start, Billy, thank you very much for coming through and gracing Beyond Governance with your presence once again. Thank you very much for the invitation and uh, good morning to the listeners. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to serve. I guess that's what the essence of life is all about. We all have what I call celestial assignments, and each one of us is um, has to find that voice that they need to share with people around. And it's always a privilege to do so. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, but before we actually get to the gist of our conversation, which centers around resilience, 
for the listener who hears Billy's voice for the first time, just take us through who is Billy Silicone? Because every time there's, there's a new person who's listening to the show, and we want to captivate and keep them so yeah. that they understand that we have in this show the brilliant minds such as Billy Silicone. Who is Billy Silicone in a nutshell? Well, I'm a township born and bred young man who's uh, got a few uh, years of experience around his uh, colors. Uh, my, my, I usually say that my purpose is to inspire people and organizations to want to be the best that they can be and then offer them tools of achieving that altered status of understanding that they have to be the best at whatever they've chosen to do. And that's what I do. And I do that through keynotes. I do facilitated work. We do strategy. We do organizational culture and quite a lot of leadership, engagement, coaching. And then we do a lot of work where we create harmony between boards and excos to make sure that strategy and culture uh, is aligned and that organizations uh, deliver on the objectives. Thank you very much for that insight, which is quite useful in laying the foundation for our conversation. One of the key things that you have raised uh, in your intro is alignment of alignment between um, the board and the, the, the boards and the exco yeah. and extent to which organizational culture plays a role. Yes. So we'll get into that particular mm-hmm. issue because I think um, resilience is always in context yeah. because you're talking resilience in your own personal space as an individual, you're yeah. talking resilience in your space as a leader of a small and large corporation yeah. and there lies in the, the kind of interface that happens. So as we start, Billy, I suppose... The biggest question is, well, let me, let me phrase it differently. Um, the dominant thought in my mind since we started this year has always been that we are on our own. Yeah. There's no Messiah coming. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's no Calvary coming to save us. <laughs> there is no Calvary, there's no Messiah coming, which means we have to rely on ourselves. Yeah. We have to rely on our um, social capital. Yeah. We have to rely off on our uh, intellectual capital mm. as a community of businesses yeah. to really make a program or to define programming that makes a difference. Yeah. Your thoughts around that particular issue, first and foremost, that there's no Calvary. Yeah. Is it true, or am I just <coughs> am I just hallucinating? No, you're not. And and I think uh, we have to look at it in context, in the sense that. You know, none of us exist as a complete entity on our own. We exist within a, a milieu or a setting where it's a complete body and each part of the body has its own particular function to deliver. Now, as a business or as an entrepreneur or as a leader, you might have bigger responsibilities than many others within your same space, but you still need those around you to make sure that you deliver on your mandate. However, we cannot consistently have this attitude that somebody else is going to show up and they'll bring a magic wand and suddenly our problems are going to disappear. We have to consistently wake up every morning and say, what is it that I need to do as a leader, as a person, as an individual, to make sure that I move towards the vision that I've set myself? You know, because, you know, I say to people without a vision, we, we, it's like being in a dark room and winging to a beautiful woman. There's no way that she's going to see you because the room is dark and, and you're winking at her. So without a vision, it's basically living a life like that. But when you have a vision, it inspires you to look forward, no matter how difficult days are or difficult times are, that vision becomes your beacon. It becomes your, your lighthouse. It becomes a place that you know draws you to your future. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I like your metaphor of uh, you know, being in a dark room and <laughs> waking at the beautiful room. <laughs> she doesn't, doesn't see you. But let's, let's take a step back and say, you know, we are all in a recovery mode. Yeah. Uh, we all recovering from COVID-19. Mm. Uh, you know, our economic position is very sluggish and yeah. very depressing in a lot of ways, sitting with more, more about 40% of unemployment yeah. rate. When you're looking at Gini coefficient, we are the highest in the world, society in the world, in the world mm. just overtaking Brazil. Mm. Um, and these are not just broad statistics. Yeah. These, we're talking human beings. Yeah. We're talking people who have woken up every day, whose dreams were shattered. Yeah. But as we recalibrate ourselves and repositioning um, our own individual position mm. and, and, and in respect of these kind of avalanche, if you like, of mm. obstacles, mm. what would you say to the person who's listening to the show now and said, don't give up? Mm. How do we activate the resilience of not giving up for they've lost businesses, yeah. they've lost contracts, yeah. they have to lay down the stuff, mm. um, and the, they, had, they are indebted? Yeah. Because this is a practical, practical, a practical reality yeah. of mm. uh, every single South African, yeah. if not majority of us. Absolutely. Well, Nimrod, I always come from a, from a perspective that says, you know, one complains about how tight their shoes are mm. until, they met a pe until they meet a person without shoes then they can appreciate those tight shoes they are wearing. So we've got to operate from a place of gratitude, you know, before we get into a place of saying, how do I deal with the calamities that I find myself in at the current moment? And when I'm talking about gratitude, I'm talking about the fact that if you wake up in a house that's got a door that you can lock, if you took a shower with hot water, if you're able to have a cup of coffee, your life is above over 25 million people in this country. You're enjoying the privilege that less than 25 million people are, 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 are enjoying. So coming from that perspective is, first, let's, let's understand that no matter what we have lost, no matter what bumps our life has had, we've got to begin from a place of being thankful for the things that we have. Because, you know, when you live with an attitude of gratitude, that has an opportunity of shifting you from somebody that is chasing to somebody that is attracting. And what do I mean by chasing and attracting? All of us are chasing things. All of us want to have this and that. But the people that are able to really manifest those things are people who have created a magnet around themselves that has got the ability to attract the right kind of people and the right kind of opportunities. On that note, on that note, um, before we get into, because I'm, I'm really getting warm up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that tractor that is getting warm up. Let's pay, let's, let's pay our bills. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back to Beyond Governance. If you've just joined us, you haven't really missed out a lot. I'm joined by the one and only Billy Selikane, who is an author, entrepreneur, and a public speaking individual that has really transformed a number of institutions. I am a firm believer of that, for I have benefited uh, from his material, including books. Billy, before we took that break, uh, you made a very interesting insight about gratitude, yeah. which should be the basis in which everybody begin to frame their thinking yeah. um, around whatever cha whatever issues they are going through. I yeah. mean, you've said um, if you're able to have things that we take for granted, yeah. you know, coffee, tea, mm. bread, mm. you know, nothing fancy. Absolutely. It's a beginning of that kind of gratitude. Yeah. Um, take us through that thinking because I think it's important yeah. that we don't just because it's, it's a reminder yeah. that 
nothing should be taken for granted. Absolutely. You know, I'll give an example, uh, uh, Dr. Nimrod. You know, last year I did one of the most crazy things that I could ever do. My doctor said I shouldn't do it, but I did it. I took, uh, I went through the Camino. I did the Camino de Santiago, the walk in Spain. Mm. And, and I did about 130 Ks in, in five days, which was quite amazing. Now, this is a walk that has been happening or a path that people have been working for over a thousand years. Now, in, in, in the beginning of time, it was, uh, you know, it was Catholic-based, but now everybody's doing it. But what happens in this walk is houses along the path would cook food for pilgrims. And they'll put food, coffee, tea, and all kind of things out. And pilgrims will come and eat whatever they wanted to eat. And all they needed to do was to donate something so that the next person that comes after them could have the same meal. Now, just, just that kind of action blew my mind because here are people that understand that I can charge these people a particular amount of money, but I'm going to deny them the ability to become more thankful than the, the fee that I was charging them. So and then they found out that people are donating much more than if they were charged a particular fee for the, fee, for the food. Now, that's, that's, that's gratitude in action. And, and like I said earlier on, it is, we're going through difficult. Nobody's, nobody can tell me everything is, is amazing as culture. We're going through tough times. However, when you wake up with an attitude of gratitude, you know, the, the stars are lying around you and suddenly you don't chase anymore, you attract. And when you attract, which means you're sitting in a position of power where you can make the right kind of choices. But when you're chasing, the first thing that you catch, you think is the thing that you're chasing. But you might find you've you've caught only 5% and you've let go of the 95% mm-hmm. that was critical. So I'm saying, no matter what difficulties we're going through, we've got to reflect back. You know, this is one of the things that I, when I work with CEOs and I have a conversation with them, and they say, oh, last year we were not profitable. And I say, can you explain to me really what it means you were not profitable last year? And, and the answers are quite varied, you know. And, but, but then I come and become a little bit controversial, mm-hmm. and, and I say something that offends some and others laugh at it and say, yeah, you know what, hindsight, you are right. And I usually say, Sometimes the word profit speaks about the insatiable thirst for greed, you know. So if somebody says we're not profitable last year, which means you'll not be able to buy the next watch, you won't be able to buy the next Porsche, you'll not be able to, you know, to upgrade your boat, or you won't be able to buy the next house in Spain or in Italy or whatever those kind of places. And then I say to them, when you're not profitable, you tell the workers they should accept that they're not going to bonuses. But how much do you share the spoils with them when you really had a good year? Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to gratitude. If we live in a space of being thankful for the things that we have, once we get more than we have, we'll then be able to share with others. Because, you know, I always say that money doesn't change people. Money reveals the true essence and character of who people are. When you're a generous person and you get more money, you become more generous. But when you're a stingy person and you get more money, you become stingy. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, it, money hasn't changed you. It has just revealed your true character. So, when you operate from a place of gratitude, uh, you know, you it's it, it's a beautiful thing because people that operate from that space, I call them exponential people. They they take a ten runs and it operates like a hundred runs. They take a hundred runs and it operates like a thousand. But people who are thankful, you give them a ten rand, it operates like a rand. You give them 100 rands, it operates like a 10 rands because they've got this emptiness inside of them that nothing can fill. And they think the next guy is going to help, the next suit, and the next, no, it will always be the next thing, the next thing. And ultimately, one day we're gonna, you're going to be old and ugly and sit in some stoop somewhere. You've got to ask yourself this question, was it worth it? And most of the time, it's not really worth it. 
Gee, that's quite interesting uh, <laughs> insight that you've just shared with us. And again, let me just bring it back to the listener who's, uh, I'm sure, is uh, really um, enjoying the, the show. Uh, let me hear your thoughts again for, uh, via our socials. Our SMS line is 34519. The telegram is 061. 895-1019 and of course we welcome your, 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 your thoughts via call which is 087-055-1818 one of the issues that you've, ra- that you've raised Bill which um, you know these things they, they it's almost like euphoria if you like mm. let's bring them down to practical sense yeah. because you as an example uh, any other uh, folks that we can think of have gone through this particular journey yeah. of being successful. You are a very successful business person. You are a successful author. Mm-hmm. You have traveled the world. And you have, your baseline was sub-zero. Yeah. For some reason, you had to elevate yourself to zero and plus. Yeah. So take us through some of insights that you use to build resilience yeah. in, 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 in all aspects of your life because this is what the listener would keen to hear because yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people who could resonate yeah. with you yeah. as an individual and your circumstances yeah. and what you've been able to overcome mm-hmm. and which will be of value to them in this yeah. this morning. Well, uh, you know, Nimrod, growing up and being born in Tembisa in, in those days, in these years, it was absolutely, and, and sometimes people take for granted where we come from. They say, ah, you know, it's like 30 years ago, whatever. But those were tough times. We had absolutely nothing. And, and for me, what was able to, to give me hope to believe that tomorrow can become better was, was I needed to have a bigger vision than the current circumstances that I was facing. You know, I was in Tembisa, we had no food, we had no clothes, we had nothing. And I said to myself, I don't believe that this is our lot. I don't believe that we were allowed to come and occupy planet Earth just to be the way we were. We were. So I needed to build a vision, but however, for me, building that vision, I had to have an imagery. I had to create images around this vision. And at that time, we used to watch movies in tents or in churches. You know, if you wanted to watch a movie, I go to a church or to a tent. The big, the big movies were those Chinese kung fu movies, which adapt. You know, the Silver Foxes, the Jackie Changs of this world. Yeah, you know. But then there was James Bond. For me, James Bond was 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 the epitome of transcending. And, and getting into a place of success, if, if you like, you know. And, and, and for me, I, I used to say to my friends, man, you know, one day when we grow up, we might have to live James Bond life, you know, the, the suits, the, the watches, the cars and those kind of things. But what inspired me the most was in townships in that era, on Sundays there were two things that were happening. A great majority of women were going to church and a very small percentage of men who went to church were either deacons or, 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 or reverends. And the rest of the men were treating their hangover from a very big Saturday kind of uh, thing. And they'll do two things on a Sunday morning. They'll play unbelievable jazz music and they'll polish their shoes. So they'll take a sound system and put it outside. And they'll put some of them at 5, 10, 15, 20 amazing pairs of shoes. And they'll play this beautiful jazz, you know, Coltrane, you know, Miles, you know, Davis. I mean, like really good music. And they'll polish their shoes. And I'll say to my friends, you know, if one day I'm able to get somebody to custom make shoes for me, mm. then I know that my life has changed. So, I, so my vision was James Bond, yes, 
But the simple practical thing was, when I looked at these shoes and I saw the pride that this man had in these shoes, because you must understand that at that time, you know, black people were not allowed to buy cars. You know, they were kind of, so shoes for a black man was a big thing. If I can't buy a car and I'm going to go to work, my boss is going to have to look at my shoes and know that I'm wearing super amazing shoes. And that in itself became this imagery, this image of prestige and of transcendence. Because, I mean, buying that pair of shoes for, for, for most of these folks was, was they would, they had to save for three, five, six, even seven months to buy this pair of shoes. You know, Crockett and Jones, you remember the shoes. Mm. Floor shame, mm. you know, those kind of things. And that image, those images for me, were images that I knew that if I were to transcend and get to that place, I would have known that I have conquered my circumstances. And a lot of people, when, when I speak about vision, they would say, what is a vision? And I say to people, the way that I define a vision is transcending through time to a desired destination, which means you are physically in the presence, but you're spiritually in the future. Therefore, you can never be shifted away from that goal that you see, that you smell, that you can touch, and where you are, no matter what circumstances you're faced with, how, when it becomes dark, that vision keeps calling you. It says, hey, you remember you want the shoes. The shoes are still there waiting for you. You have to change to get to the shoes. But here's an interesting, uh, uh, <coughs> I suppose, how can I put it? Um, interesting perspective. Mm. Because one, context is everything. Yeah. When you and I were growing up, mm. some of the issues that you're talking about can relate with. Yeah. Now we're, dealing, we're living in an era where the social media, the yeah. pressures are completely different. Yeah. There's love of opulence. Mm. And we're talking to younger generation mm. that needs to look at things differently yeah. and captivate, well, leverage on this plethora of platforms that exist yeah. Yeah. for them to become better individuals. Yeah. Uh, mental challenges are mm. also big. Yeah. We have a, a you know, un, the statistics are on, on suicide. Uh, death by suicide are huge. Yeah. Mm. So these are some of the symptoms of how people are not able mm. to be resilient. Mm. You know, and and we need to go back to those kind of instances. Yeah. Um, as as business folk, mm. a lot of people are depressed. That's a reality mm. because things are not kosher. Mm. Things are not going the way they they, they have planned them to go. Mm. So coming back to this kind of scenario, um, which is which is contextually different. Yeah. How do we activate that element of resilience to mm. a point where we could cushion ourselves? Yeah away from the nonsense that happens around, yeah. you know, especially from the politics side of yeah. it, you yeah. know. Mm. I'll say the nonsense because it is what it is. Absolutely. It is. You know, I mean, the stuff that we hear, because you need to cushion yourself away from this yeah. thing so that your imagery that you've spoken about, mm. it is not just imagery that can be interfered with mm. um, by, by the stuff that we see and hear about. Yeah with this or that. Mm. So practically speaking, how did you manage to cushion yourself? Because I suppose back then you used, there were a lot of interferences, a lot of noises. Yeah, yeah. A lo lot of noises. Yeah, yeah. Because someone who's steadfast <coughs> and focused on what they need to do, mm. they, they are able to, you know, yeah. block. Yeah. So what are some of the practical insights that you can share with the listener yeah. on how they can cushion themselves? Yeah. Uh, around these kind of issues? Well, the first one, again, it, it's around your vision. You must mm. have a place that you're going to. Mm. And this place must be so big that it should scare you. And when it's so big that it should scare you, it will then focus your energy for you to move towards that place. And the second thing, which is very critical, is association. Who you associate with. Okay? 
Now, I say association, I break it into two. Association with things and association with people. Now, association with things, what do I mean? So, when you, when you, you, you grow up walking barefooted with no shoes, the first thing that you want is shoes. Mm. Once you have shoes, you think, oh, I've got shoes, now I want a car. You know, so you want the car as transport. Nothing fancy, no Porsche, no nothing. You just want transport. You get into this Mazda 3 through whatever. Now it's transport. Now guess what happened? Now I want a flashy car. Because now it's transport. Now I want a flashy car. So it goes. But be careful not to be swallowed by your, your low association with things. When I'm saying low association with things, don't let these things be above you. Because when these things are above you, they're going to destroy you. So, understand this one profound truth. That a, a, a car, it's a car. Whether it's a Lamborghini, whether it's a Volvo, whether it's a BMW, it's four wheels, steering wheel, a gear, windscreen, whatever. Just con contextualize things and minimize them to what they are. It's, a, it's transport. You know, when, when you're sitting in a yard... You think, oh, I'm sitting in a yard, I'm drinking champagne. Some people use that as transport. They don't see it as a yard anymore. It's a transport from moving from this one place to the other place. When you're sitting in a private jet, think, oh, things are happening, I'm in a jet. Some jets are actually ambulances to take. People that have fallen in from a mountain, from this end of the direction to the other. So you've got to contextualize things in a way that they don't rise above you, but you rise above them. And once you do that, things will not overwhelm you. Okay, so that's the first association with things. Get over things, you know. And and a watch is a watch, Nimrod. You might be wearing a Patek Philippe worth worth eleven million dollars, and I'm wearing a a Casio worth you know eleven rands. Four o'clock will always remain four o'clock. <laughs> so true. You know, it's never gonna change because you're wearing a Patek. Now you've got thirty extra minutes, and I've got thirty less minutes. No, four o'clock remains four. So get over things as quick as you can. That's the first thing. The second association is with, with people. Now, I say, you know, Nimrod, me and you, we connected because we could, see, we could see an exchange of value from each other. I could get value from you, you could get value from me. And I've always said to people, always network upwards, not at the same level. Because if you network at the same level, chances are this person that you're networking with at the same level will draw you down, will pull you down. But when you're networking upwards, the person that is up there, they've got the capacity to pull you up. So your association with things, get over it as quick as you can. And then begin to say to yourself, who do I need in my life who can take me to the next level of my life? Just one step. Not 20 steps. Just one Who do I need? And, and write it down. I mean, what businesses are you in? Which companies do you want to do business with? And how do you want to grow? And identify these people. Seek them, connect with them, and begin to associate with them. But here's the thing. I say to people, don't come to me wanting to extract value without giving it to me first. Give value. Give service first, and then recipro reciprocity becomes a natural consequence. But if you're this guy that says, I want to connect with Nimrod because Nimrod's going to connect with that person, then I'm going to get that, then don't do it. You know, because he's going to catch up with you. But if you say, Nimrod has got this radio station. Nimrod does APCNT. What value can I add to Nimrod's life? Send Nimrod an email and say, hey, Nimrod, you know, do you mind if I come and just do a, a, some research before the show and, and give you new data and stuff like that? And when somebody shows with service, guess what happens to you? 
naturally you want to reciprocate that's how you know that's how influence is and you know there's a simple example that they they use in in research about reciprocity mm -hmm. they say if you go to a restaurant and there's four of you you have a meal and then you call for the bill now when the waiter or the waitress come back with the bill they'll put four sweets in the in the in the in the in, the, in that bill thing mm -hmm. but here's the thing they say when this waiter waitress walks away stops makes a turn and come back and put four extra sweets they say the tip for that waiter increases by 35 percent because naturally people want to reciprocate mm -hmm. but people reciprocate when value had been given to them first look i think i i could not agree with you more and this is where most of us miss the point yeah and i and i'm sure the listener um can concur with this i mean i like the idea of you know you made two very interesting observations that you know about things and people yeah and association with people and association with things. Yeah. The first one that you uh, raised, uh, which which I want to perhaps maybe explore a little bit more after the break, it is obviously relationship with things and the extent to which you understand your means yeah. and you're not living beyond your means. You live within your means. Absolutely. That's one critical point that I'm picking up from yeah. this. And let's, let's you know, debunk it more when you come back from the break. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Mm. Welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governance. Yours truly is Nimrod Mbele. I'm in a joint. I'm in a company of giants, uh, Billy Silicon, an author, successful entrepreneur, uh, who is gracing our show this glorious uh, Thursday morning. Um, I'll quickly just go to our socials. We've got a very interesting um, observation from Carol Kruger, who says, uh, Morning, your guest today is talking so much sense. Brilliant. I like this guy. Uh, thank, thank you, you very much, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Carol, for that, for that insight. Um, before we went to that break, what I wanted to take us through in a way is, you know, you've spoken about the things and people, and things obviously are just things such unnecessary but not necessarily um, how can I put it the things that are important the things that are agent the thing that we can do without yeah we can do without a Lamborghini but we can't do without a VW yeah you know a startup mm -hmm. you know so so even again even in our own, in our own finances um, we have gone through COVID-19 mm -hmm. that's taught us that we can do so much with less absolutely and the idea is to <coughs> build the wealth and, and how you can build wealth is, again, coming to a point, it's about the association. Yeah. And I like the idea of um, networking upwards. Yeah. You know, because when you naked upwards, you know, this person takes you to a different level, yeah. as uncomfortable as it might be. Yeah. Because if you are networking with your peers, mm -hmm. not to say there's nothing, or there's nothing yeah. wrong. You need peer-to-peer -peer yeah. mentoring and peer-to-peer -peer connection, but you've got to always go up. But if you really want to take yourself to a different level, yeah. like they say, if you, you can't you can't behave like chicken when you are want born to, to be eagle. an eagle. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of metaphor it exactly mm -hmm. uh, speaks to this issue that you're raising, that if I relate with you because there's value mm. and, and I must I must be prepared to offer value yes. to you first because mm. if I give you value um, and you're more likely mm. you know, to, to be attracted yeah. to me and, and, and reciprocate as it were mm. and I think in business it's like that yeah. it doesn't really matter uh, whether you know again you know in some instances B is an issue mm. and it's a compliance issue an mm. issue and, and uh, among business, business community, but mm. 
it doesn't really matter whether you're black, green, or pink. Mm. If you are not offering value to yeah. the next person, mm. you will not network upwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I usually make this thing and say, you know, if I've got rats in my house, mm. I want a cat mm. to catch these rats. Mm. Whether the cat is yellow, blue, black, it doesn't matter. As mm. long as it can catch, you know, the rat. And, and, and that's, that's what life should be about. We, as a society in South Africa, unfortunately, we have there's this particular concept called meritocracy. Mm. You know, meritocratic way of getting people into opportunities. We, we have completely obliterated a lot of industries, especially in the public sector, because we, we, we are not a meritocratic society. I mean, just listening to the so-called leaders of this country talk, it will turn your stomach upside down and you think, this guy or this woman, is this person a leader? Mm -hmm. and, and here, quite honestly, we know most of them are not leaders. We know they've just been put in there for whatever convenience that we're talking about. So, and, and, and when we spoke about, about things, uh, Nimrod, I usually say to people, cut your cloth according to your size. Should not be too big, not, be, not too small. Should just fit you. What I mean, I mean... Always ask yourself the difference between the things that you need and the things that you want. And unfortunately, a lot of people spend a lot of time chasing the things they want and not focusing on the things that they need. And that's the difference. If you focus on the things that you want, you'll be chasing your tail up until you go to the grave. But if you focus on the things that you need, once you have fulfilled those needs, the ones will show up. It's an amazing, you know, the world has got a formula. The world has got a design, and that design can and will not change for anybody. We have to learn the design of the world. We have to learn the design of the universe and partake and vibrate in a particular vibration and a particular consciousness. And once we get there, things begin to fall into place. But if we keep chasing the ones, we're going to chase the ones until we, we go to the grave. And I suppose the ones... Um I are an illustration of the inability to have the bigger picture, yes. the vision yeah. that, you, that you've spoken about. Yes. Because if the vision is so great, it's so big that it shocks you, yeah. and, and in your mind you're able to filter yeah. things that you really need yeah. and things that you really yeah. want. Yeah. So it all goes back to what is it that I want to achieve by 2024? Yeah. Who are the people that I want, business people that I want to be associated with? Absolutely. And who can I, what, what is it I'm trying to provide? What is the value? Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, work on your value. Absolutely. From base on yeah. work on your value. And that can be sold to the next person yeah. who can believe in you. Yeah. Okay. But here's another issue. Um, it's about trust. Absolutely. Trust has, be, has been diminished and it's been diminishing every time. Yeah. There are transactions that have gone bailed up. Mm. Uh, our leaders, as you've correctly pointed out, um, are just constantly messing it up big time. So <laughs> how do we get to that point where there is sufficient, because in a relationship, even mm. the ones that can pull you up, yeah. there has to be an element of trust. Absolutely. And without trust, we are nobody. Yeah. Well, you know, Nimrod, and, and I say to people that you can never be trusted if you do not have clear values that guide your life. Mm. You know, for me, values are very important. And and a lot of people don't have clearly defined values. They don't have what I call a guiding philosophy that guides how they live their lives. And once you don't have those values, you're going to be the kind of person that's going to cut as many corners as possible to get to where you want to go. And by the way, in life, we make mistakes. You know, that we must accept. We make mistakes bigger ones, smaller ones, but the, the things we've got to learn from the mistakes that we make and we're going to make sure that we don't repeat them again because we're going to get through the, the same results again. 
Now, the, the trust element is based that if you do not have a set of values for yourself, it will become difficult for you to become a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and we know that there's massive trust deficiency in our public institution mm-hmm. because our public institutions have consistently disappointed the people on the ground and therefore people don't have trust in them. You know, it's, it's like when you go to a shop and you buy breakfast and they keep giving you bad breakfast. You're never going to go back to that shop. You're going to take your, yourself and go to a different shop because they can give you different value and then you build trust. Now, one of the thing, things that I say people should build trust on is people should know you for one thing. And then from that one thing, we can build many things. But if people don't know you, I mean, it's like some people is January, they're in the stationary business. Now it's February, Valentine's Day, they're into the Valentine's Day business. <laughs> now it's going to be winter, they're selling fat cakes in winter. Now it's going to be exam time, now they're selling question papers. Now it's going to be December, now they're doing events. At so what point are you going w- to master this art? Exactly. Who, who, when you're sitting in a conversation, how, how do you represent this person? If you are in Hong Kong, you're sitting in a meeting, and there's an opportunity to think, mm, but Nimrod is doing too many things. If I recommend him, my brand goes with him. Do one thing and do it so well that it gives birth to many things. You know, there's this fallacy about, oh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I said, take a break, Charlie. Mm. What's serial entrepreneur? <laughs> you know, what one thing have you done which has become so successful and so powerful that it's an impacted society in a way that society wants to come back to you because they trust you with, with this one thing? And, and, and this, you know, Africa is a, is a beautiful continent. We've got over 1.2 billion people, but we're still poor. Why? Because there's this fallacy in this continent around religion that people must pray and fast themselves out of poverty. It's not going to happen. You get out of poverty based on two things. Either you have a product that you can sell that people want, or you have a service that solves a particular problem that people can pay you for solving that problem. Absolutely. So, Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And and I think they, they, when we come back from the break, mm. I want to really explode the last point that you mentioned yeah. about the product uh, and the service yeah. that one should be known for yeah. because you can't be serial entrepreneurs. On that, on that note, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second as we gravitate towards the last bit of the show. Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research. The science of decision making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Governance. We are literally on the brink of um, the show coming to an end, and um, we have had interesting insights from uh, the one and only Billy Thilakani. Um One of the issues that you raise, Billy, that perhaps maybe it's important for us to emphasize is the notion of meritocracy. Yeah. Okay. And one and two, you cannot be, well, the, the second one being. Uh, being known for one thing, yeah. and uh, there's there's value in in serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, look at at, at a later stage, yeah. no, but but not at the beginning. I agree with you. Yes. I just about timing is important. Timing is important you yeah. know, because yeah. in the in the in the meantime, you just have to yeah. ferment. Richard Branson, how did he start? Record. He, yeah. he started with record, mm-hmm. the record label. Mm-hmm. That's why he started. When people trusted him with that, mm-hmm. then he could grow to the next level. You know what I'm trying to say, and and that's it. You can't just start. One th- too many things at the same time. Where is your energy going to be to be to be thrown in? So only two minutes. Bit vest, hours bit vest exactly. you know, did not start with all of these things. Started with one thing, mm. became good at one thing, and gave birth to the next. That's how it works. And this fallacy of oh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. You want to start fifty things at the same time? I promise you. Show me one guy who came from Temisa started fifty things at the same time, and today he's a super. It's, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Only so many hours in a day. Yeah, so yeah. many hours in a day. I mean, so many days in a week. You know. And, and, and the, the value of, of empowering oneself, 
I would imagine you 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 link up with people in your network. Yeah, you suck as much knowledge as, it, as you possibly as, can. As possibly can. Yeah. And people who obviously above you, people that you look yeah. up to. Yeah. You know, and 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 reading books because yeah. you as an author, yeah. you are where you are because you have. You have sort of broadened your horizon exponentially. And I keep doing it. I can never stop. Yeah. You know, because because you you, you get more insights on yeah. the, the latest trend, latest latest thinking, mm. in which you apply back into your businesses. Yeah. Because you would not be who you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. Had you not been in a position to read. Your, yeah. your your take on that. Let me tell you. I say a reader is a good leader. A good leader is a good reader. It's mm. as simple as that. If you do not read, you can't lead. If you cannot, you cannot lead without reading. It's as simple as that. And I say to people, by the way, to become a subject matter expert mm. is you need to read 19 or 20 books written by authority on that subject. And then we can set up, you can come up with your own ways of doing that particular thing. And that will set you apart, apart from everybody else. Mm. And, I, and I keep saying, you know, um, let me just go back and say, you know, you know, one of the, um, we're in the social world, you know, Instagram and all these kind of things. But there's an interesting thing, TikTok. There's two algorithms that run TikTok and people don't know. There's the TikTok for China and there's the TikTok for the world. Europe, Canada, and the USA don't want this other TikTok, the, the TikTok for the world. Because the TikTok, the algorithm for the TikTok for the world was created to stupefy the world. They did the research in Europe and in China, Europe, US, and China. Kids from the age of 14 to 19, they asked them the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? 99% of the kids in the West said, I wanted to become an influencer. They went to China, same group of children who also on TikTok, they say, what do you want to become when you grow up? Mm. Microbiologist, scientist, neuroscientist. Why? Because the TikTok in China, mm. the content that is showing is inspirational and developmental. And the TikTok of the world, what is showing is stupid things that stupefy the West. And that's why China, he's got, China is ruling us. I don't, I don't, you can say whatever you want to say. China runs the show. Evidence, because that's yeah. it's there. You know, it's not it's not just an opinion. It's it's, it's, an, it's evidence. It's, it's evidence. It's factual. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, we're gonna have to leave it here. Absolutely beautiful, uh, Billy. Thank you for coming through and sharing your your insight, which I strongly believe has benefited the listener who is part of the show. Uh, your parting shot uh, for I would be an entrepreneur, building on the notion of resilience. Yeah. In thirty seconds, ask not what this country can do for you. Ask what is it that you can wake up today to make this country a better place. Either by picking up a piece of paper, by not throwing your coke from your car, by making sure that you're helping somebody who's old and who cannot cross a road, by walking today to an orphanage and just giving them one loaf of bread. Because they are one loaf of bread poor now, but when you leave, there'll be one loaf of bread richer. Thank you very much, Billy, for your insight, which is absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, I have to leave it here. It's been absolutely beautiful. Uh, let's. I will see you guys on next week, Monday. As you all know, there's a brand new show called Beyond Mentorship, uh, which will take this uh, station and the country by storm. And, of course, with associations such as Billy Silicon, we are likely to make a huge difference. That's the challenge to everyone. Let's make a difference, for there is no Messiah. Absolutely. Shalom.